Cheeky Run Club recognises that every day we live, work and run on Aboriginal land. Welcome to episode three of Cheeky Run Club, the social running podcast and community for your everyday amateur runner. Hello, Phoebe. Hello, Anna. And hello, listeners. (laughs) Today, we are talking about running shoes. We are going to hear from someone who knows a lot more about running shoes than Anna and I, and they are going to answer some of your listener questions. We're then going to dive right into our favourite crowdsource running recommendations and finish off, as always, with our weekly weapon. But before that, Phoebe, can you go through your notable runs of the week? Give me your give me your best run of the week first. Okay, go with best run. Yeah. Okay. So my best run was my long run on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Was such a good run. We were down. Staying in Mount Martha, we yeah. had done an ocean swim the day before, a big group of friends. And on the Saturday morning, we decided to, rather than just running along the bay, along the front, because it was really windy, we decided to try and like find somewhere else kind of fun and interesting mm-hmm. to run. And we found a place called Devil Bend Lake. Oh. Have you heard of that? No. I you actually spent a lot of time. Yeah, I know. Martha. I was going to say I've spent a lot of time at Mount Martha, but I yeah. haven't heard of it. I I did see it on Strava, and yeah. I thought, where is this? Oh Why God. have I not been there? Yeah, before? it was so nice. It's it's probably like fifteen minutes inland. Yeah, and it's just in it's just like bush and a big lake. Yeah, and all these trails around it, and it's reasonably flat. I was running with three friends, and we did. It's a kind of loop. Yeah, and we did two laps of that, yeah. and. The first lap, we're all kind of just like getting into it. You know, just when you start a run, you know it's a long run and you kind of like, it takes you a while to like warm up. And so we got to the end of the first lap and Sean, my boyfriend, and and our friend Jacko were both like, oh, I don't know if we're up for a second lap. Like maybe we'll just come do another K or two and then turn back around. And then the second lap, we just... You know, and you just forget you're running. Yeah. We just, it, it went so in nice. a flash. We were having this really deep, intense conversation, like the four of us. And before we know it, we'd like done the lap. Yeah. That you'd like what done. were you talking about? Oh, it's pretty deep. We were actually talking about, um, we were talking about women's careers and how it's changed so much over the generations. Our expectations are so different compared to maybe like our parents' generation. Yeah. You know, we really want these big careers have like all these career ambitions and then we were talking about how we we all have mothers who want these things as well but it wasn't as they didn't really feel like they have the right to like demand it yeah in the same way that yeah. probably our generation does yeah and or so, if they did they were sort of the anomaly yeah, yeah yeah and and that's exactly right so it was more like they had to fight for it whereas now it's more of i feel like it's more of just an expectation yeah, yeah it was one of those really everyone's like opening up so it was, cool yeah it, it was a it was a great run um what was your best run of the week best run of the week was definitely i've been away for work in america for just under a week and coming back and going for a run with the girls in melbourne it was it was safe it was light it was such a nice morning it made me really appreciate being home and also how lucky we are that I like coming home. So yeah, it was just, yeah, it was so, so, so nice. I just assumed that your best run was going to be like in San Fran or Atlanta, like you've just Mm. been in these different cities because you went for some 
runs over there. Yeah, yeah, went for some runs. My a colleague that was with Trish, she uh, likes running as well. We were sort of advised after going for a run in Atlanta that maybe it wasn't so safe. Is so right? we jumped on the Was that going to be your worst run or no? Um, You'll have Spoiler. to find out. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> San Fran... I mean, it's probably a bit rough that the um, Golden Gate Park didn't get the best run of the yeah. week because that was actually really nice. But, yeah, I don't know. There was just something so, like, mm. comforting and wholesome about coming home and just yeah going for Catching a run. So run. simple, going for a run oh, with friends. It beautiful. was so nice. Love it. Yep. Um, what was your worst run of the week? Worst run of the week was Friday last week. When we were we were down, um, as I said, down the peninsula, staying at Mount Martha with a group of friends. Yeah, we'd done this ocean swim in the morning, and then uh, our friend Izzy and I decided to do just like a half hour jog in the afternoon. And for one, just afternoon runs, I cannot get into them. Yeah, I I, I want to like them so much because it'll allow me to be so much more flexible with my running. I feel on a weekend especially. Yeah, but anyway, we like amped ourselves up to go for it. And it was like the windiest run I've ever done in my life. It was, you know, when you're running into the wind and you feel like you're being like physically pulled back. Yeah. Did you run along the coast down there? Along the coast. Yeah. yeah. It is when it's windy down there. Yeah. Yeah. It was windy enough that people had surfboards and were trying to surf waves. Yeah. Okay. In the bay. In the bay. Yes. Which is usually flat. (laughs) Usually um, more like a lake. Yes. But I had the chance, have I told you about my big like mindset shift towards wind that I've had in the last like year? No. Um, I've, I, sorry, as most runners, I used to just hate wind. Yeah. I'm now a reformed wind hater, I would say. Just don't find it pleasant, but I, yeah, I used to just hate running in the wind, especially moving to Melbourne. Melbourne is so windy. Yeah. You often have to kind of plan your routes around like how windy is it? Everyone knows if it's really windy, don't run at Albert Park Lake or like don't run along the bay. And then I came across a Dutch term called, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, but (laughs) Outvying. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which means, I think it translates to outblowing. Mm. And in the Netherlands, they have this, apparently there's this culture around exercising in the wind because they believe that exercising in the wind is really like restorative and regenerative. And it kind of refers to, outvying is, it means like, you know that feeling when you've been out in the wind and then you come back inside And you feel really calm and peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. So their whole thing is like out in the wind is like really good for you psychologically. And then it makes you feel really like tranquil and peaceful. When you come back in. So I was out there like running, being like, I'll fine. Please kick in. (laughs) I'll (laughs) fine. But it still kind of sucked. Yeah. I was going to say still your worst run of the week. (laughs) But I'm glad. Yeah. It sounds like something to aspire to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, what was your worst run of the week? Our worst run of the week was Atlant- in okay. Atlanta. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> so we arrive in Atlanta Thursday night in the Uber on the way to the hotel. We were asking our Uber driver, who she was so, so lovely. We were asking her like where she would advise going for a run. And we probably should have put two and two together before actually taking her advice. But the the previous conversation was how much she just loves paranormal activity. Oh, <laughs> no, <actually. laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you get 
brought her that topic. She brought it up she like very it. early on yeah. in the trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she was asking whether or not there's much paranormal activity in Australia because if what there is, say? she would love to come. You're like, absolutely. Uh, well, I just said I can't say I'm, a, I'm an expert on mm. paranormal activity, yeah. but yeah. I guess some rogue stuff happens. Disclaimer, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. not an expert. <laughs> but I, I don't know. We're kind of shooting. I'm like, I think like weird stuff kind of happens in the outback. Oh, yeah. Hot take. Did you actually say that? Yeah. That's what did she say? Was she excited and she about was like, that? Yeah, yeah. She, like, oh, yeah. she was like, oh, I'd love to. Like, I'll put it on the... I can't do that American accent. I'm not even going to try. I need to stop. <laughs> Apologies to any Apologies. American listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she was going to put it on her back list. So then, uh, anyway, then... Paranormal kangaroos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the conversation shifted because we asked, we wanted to go for a run the next morning. We were like, where would you recommend going? And she was saying, we should go to this park. It will be uh, super lovely. It'll be light at 6am. Huh. People will be out walking their dogs. Definitely go for it. So we're like, cool. All right. Anyway, as we were running there, Trish and I both looked at each other and we are like, it's pretty dark. <laughs> We're like, yeah, pretty dark. Oh, like it must get light really quickly here. Did you here. look up what time the sun rose? No. We just trusted yeah, we, mm. we, yeah, full trust First in the Uber mistake. driver. Yeah. <laughs> must get light pretty, yeah. pretty quickly here. Got to the park, still very dark. Some would say maybe pitch black. And there was a lot of mist in the park. It was super creepy. Not very well lit at all. In America, they have a lot of lanterns rather than street lights. Oh, that's so creepy. So just like lanterns everywhere rather than street yeah. lights. Oh like, this is creepy <laughs> as so fuck. Beep! And we literally didn't see anyone. And we were like... Did you see any paranormal activity? No, but we both said to each other, this is is genuinely is where it would be. the perfect place for us to get kidnapped or murdered. And then they'd like find our phones and there would just be like photos of this weird park. Oh, true. Yeah, I have to say, I did see your photos on Strava from that run and it looked terrifying. Yeah, it was I really like you're scary. in like a horror yeah. movie set or something. Yeah. Like. Anyway, so we did a lap of the park, went back to the hotel yeah. and then we actually looked up the park and it's known for its witch hunting. So people gather what? there to go witch hunting. Still. No. Like, that's so interesting. Yeah, so that was... As in they... I mean, worst run, but kind of best run because it was like... It yeah, was kind that of funny. is very cool. Yeah. I have to say, that's a pretty exciting... That's yeah. our first international run Our first... Inter- for... Yeah, on the Cheeky Run Club. Yeah, yeah, huge. We've gone worldwide. Welcome to the show. <laughs> okay. So, our main segment this week is running shoes. Now, something you'll hear runners say all the time is that one of the great things about running is that all you need is to lace up your shoes and head out the door. But the question is, what shoes are you lacing up? We wanted to do this as a topic because trying to set out to buy a new pair of running shoes can be so overwhelming. And it's really easy to get bogged down in the black hole of running terminology. I know that ourselves, for instance, there's just so many like definitions flying around. And when you're being introduced to running, it's so hard to actually know even where to start looking. Does this happen to you? I feel like when I'm looking for a new pair of running shoes and I maybe Google a type of running shoe that I'm interested in, And then within like 15 minutes, I've got 50 tabs opened as, you know, we're about to go through what a lot of this running terminology means, which I don't know, I've just been learning about over Mm. the past few days. But 
it's so easy to get so sucked in and inevitably I don't end up buying one because I'm so no. I'm like paralyzed by the amount of information. Yeah. That I also don't like it, all of the specifications and stuff it may as well be in a different language because yeah. I just have no idea yeah. what any of it means yeah. in relation to actually as you said, like putting your shoes on and going for a run. And so, yeah, we want to help guide you on how to know what shoes are right for you. That's it. Yeah, because the other interesting element to this is that running shoe technology and culture has changed so much over the last 10 years. Mm. And I feel like even just not paying attention to it for six months, all of a sudden there's new shoes or new types of features of shoes that are coming out and it's really hard to stay on top of yeah, yeah it's purely gone from well being functional but also fashionable yeah yeah, yeah. i i remember i uh, i feel like for so many years when i was like maybe a teenager or even in my early 20s running i just used asics gel Kayanos every run that's what all my friends ran in and i would wear the same pair for how many years and then maybe one day I'd you know it'd completely fall apart and I'd buy a new pair yeah and it wasn't till I kind of later in my 20s sort of got back into running with a coach and so on and I was like looking around I was like no one's well some people are still wearing (laughs) no no shots on Keanu's great shoes but everyone had like all these different brands yeah and would cycle through them yeah so Mm. quickly and so uh, for me it took me a while to like a branch out of my like safe space of Keanu's, but then figure out like what are the different brands, what are the different types of running shoes. So hopefully we'll be able to share a lot of those learnings. Yeah, I had a similar experience to you. Like I just did run. You wear sh- Keanu's? Um, I didn't. I did. Uh, I was a Nimbus two thousand girl. Oh, wait, <laughs> Nimbus two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> At Hogwarts. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck me! Did you out. regret Firebolt or <laughs> what were they called? Gel Nimbus or something? Oh my god! GT two thousand. Were they fast? <laughs> the Nimbus two thousand fast. Not One of the best room six in the market. <laughs> wow, you were in the right park. You were the witch in the park. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, okay. So I, I was it. In case you can't already tell, we are not running shit experts. Big disclaimer. You can talk broomsticks though. okay (laughs) oh my gosh um yes no i was a gt 2000 girl what are are they so asics Asics, similar to the kaianos but yeah i literally would just run in them until my big toe would poke through the (laughs) netting at the front but yeah i feel like i was a bit reluctant to get on board with all the different shoes because i was like surely this is just all marketing marketing. i I don't really need any of this um and i still struggle with that sometimes yeah me too like to know how much of it's marketing so yeah as we're saying we're definitely not experts by any means we have done a bit of research over the last few days and we're learning on the go but we'll stick to the basics We'll give some of our opinions, but we'll stray away from giving any advice and we'll leave that to the experts. Yes. The other disclaimer that we should make is that there's no one perfect shoe for every person or every run. No two people have the same running gait, foot type, running history or preferences. 
And yeah, we just wanted to put it out there that just because a pair of running shoes may work for some, may mm. not work for others. Spot on. So we're going to cover three core topics when giving you a bit of a lay of the land of running shoes. And then we are going to call a real life running shoe expert who will answer some of the most popular listener questions that came through. We're going to talk about different types of shoes. So what purpose do you use different shoes for? We'll talk about support and we'll talk about cushioning level. So let's kick off with different types of shoes. The three different types of shoes that we're going to cover today are your daily trainers, your super shoes, and then also your trail shoes. That's it. So daily trainers. Daily trainers. A pretty broad category. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of your runs are going to be done in these. They differ from the shoes that are specifically made for the racing and trails as I guess they lack special features, but what they lack in their special features, they make up for in stability and structure. Yeah. Nice one. And then super shoes. First of all, super shoes is what? Who came up with that word super shoe? That is the best marketing ploy of all time. I agree. I immediately read that. I'm like, you want a pair of super shoes? Yeah. So these are basically race shoes, although often people use them for faster running sessions as well. Generally, they're kind of lighter, faster shoes. And so this means that often they've got some sort of plate And they have really light, squishy foam. So they're often really comfortable to run in and feel really bouncy and everything. But generally, they're good for races and and some sessions, but you shouldn't necessarily be running for them all the time. But yeah, a little less durable, I think. Oh, yeah, Yeah. way less durable. Now, the other type of shoes is the trail shoes, specifically designed for technical terrain. These shoes also quite often feature the plates that Phoebe was just mentioning in the super shoes. Can you have super trail shoes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but unlike, but unlike the plates and the trail shoes, they're actually more for like safety and st- stability oh, rather than performance. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. So the daily trainers, super shoes and trail shoes. The next thing we're going to talk about is within each of these types of shoes, you can have different levels of support. And the best way to think about support is that some shoes allow for a very natural stride and other shoes try and alter the way your foot moves. So that might be to kind of protect you or help you maybe manage an injury. So the different types of support levels is you can have a neutral shoe or a stable shoe. The neutral shoes are very easy on the arch support and other types of structure so you can move through your stride more naturally. So the next level up from neutral is what we'd call stability shoes. And these, these have features that help to stabilize your foot when you land. Finally, cushioning level. So this is the amount and the squishiness of the foam underneath your foot. So when you hear people talk about cushioning level, they often talk about stack heights, which means the distance from the ground to your foot. So the the minimalist level is a sort of like barefoot running notion where they're lightweight, they're flexible, and they have pretty much zero stack height. I went through a phase... uh, Along with my friend Leash, we went through a phase a few years ago of adding in some barefoot running. Yeah. And there was this, there's this oval, oval called Tramways Oval. Mm. It's near Moore Park in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And it has the softest, nicest grass you've ever run on. Oh, really? And every now and then in our runs, we'd just go there, take off our shoes and just do a couple of Ks. Mm. And it makes 
an insane difference to the way that you run. Yeah. Okay. You run like on your toes. On your toes, yeah. And you take very small little steps. Like my cadence would increase by like 10 steps a minute every yeah. single time. And not consciously. You just run in a way more protective way. Yeah. So then so they're the minimalist shoes. And then we have moderate shoes, which is just a standard level of cushioning, somewhere between minimalist and maximalist so on the opposite end of the spectrum to the minimalist these maximalist shoes are padded with plenty of foam in the middle of the shoe creating like a soft and bouncy feel underfoot maximalist is is having a moment yeah maximalist is having a moment and i can definitely get around it Now that you've heard our inexperienced <laughs> descriptions of shoes, we thought we'd get a real expert on to go through a few of the listener questions. So M- Molly works at Nike. Her job title is an Eakin. So she actually, she's pretty much a shoe nerd. <laughs> She knows every single thing about... paid to be a shoe nerd. Yeah, and she also educates all of the staff that work in the Nike stores about the, like, specification and, like, science behind the shoes. And she helps give feedback to help design the shoes as well. Yeah. She pretty much knows as much as you can know about, like, the construction and form and purpose of a shoe. Yeah, yeah. So let's get her on the line. Hello, Molly. How are you going? Good, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We just had a couple of questions for you and we were wondering if you could give us some guidance on how to choose a running shoe. Oh, absolutely. One of my favourite topics. I actually (laughs) thought you were going to introduce me as the crazy sports bra lady. (laughs) Also known as the crazy sports bra lady, but that'll be for another episode. So first question, do you need a designated running shoe or can you use the same shoe for walking and running? This is a good question. So running shoes actually have a lot of key features that also make them ideal for walking. And I think this is because the movements are really quite similar. So You definitely can walk in your running shoes, but what I would stay away from is walking in like carbon plated or racing shoes. They're just going to change the way that you walk and also not be as comfortable for for walking. Um, But I think for most listeners, a running shoe is going to be perfectly fine. Love that. And now we got a lot of questions about rotating shoes and is it okay to just have one pair of shoes or should you be moving through different types of shoes throughout the week? If you have the means to be able to have more than one pair of shoes then my answer to this is 100% yes. It also depends on how much you're running as well but rotating shoes can be incredibly beneficial for a number of reasons. If you're changing up your shoes depending on different runs, you're going to actually get a better experience because footwear design is really specific. So they make shoes not only just for running, but for different kinds of runs as well to help you run faster or to be more comfortable or whatever it might be. So that's one reason. And then another reason from like an integrity of the body point of view is that Footwear can actually change where the forces go when you kind of hit the ground. And if you wear different types of shoes or rotate through different models, it can also vary where that force is sent to in your foot or in your lower limbs. And we know that when you're running, often runners get injured because it's like an overuse injury. Whereas if you start to vary those forces, the force might go to different ligaments, different muscles, and that can be the difference between running healthily and really strengthening a wide variety of muscles as well. There's many, many great reasons to have more than one pair, but it also depends on you know how much you're willing to invest in them as well. How long can you run in a pair of shoes for and how often should you be changing them? This is a million dollar question and I, I really don't know whether my answer is going to be that satisfying for all your listeners, but 
the the true answer to this is it really varies for every individual and it also is really dependent on the actual shoe that the runner is wearing some of them are designed to handle you know more load than others like a training shoe as compared to a race day shoe and i think the other thing to consider is like what surface you're running on and the way that that runner interacts with the shoe and their biomechanics it, i would say just be cautious if you ever have someone tell you that this shoe will last this amount of kilometers because there's just really no science to back that i would be careful though as a general rule about going too much higher than like 800 k's in a shoe so it's a really tricky one it's such an individual kind of equation but there's a few things to look out for and consider as well can shoes cause an injury or is it more just like they could potentially contribute to getting injured yeah, again, another really good question. And I think it, it depends. They can, but what I would say is that 95% of the time or possibly even more, injuries are a result of incorrect training or rest and recovery or nutrition. Like so much, overwhelmingly, these are so many more times the reasons why someone gets injured. Back to what we spoke about before, footwear can change where forces go in the body. So you can really use shoes to your advantage to try and offset parts of your body that might not be able to handle load at any given time. But more often than not, it is a result of a training error. But footwear is really quick to be blamed for a lot of injuries. But they equally are a really important tool to consider to make sure they're the right ones for you as well. How about this one, Mole? Do race day shoes matter? Do we really need super shoes for race day? (laughs) Well, well, if you're asking a shoe lover like me, um, (laughs) I'm always going to err on the side of yes. But I think this really depends on where you're at with your running journey and what that race means to you and your reason for running, right? Like, Race day shoes definitely help runners run more efficiently, which in turn can equal, you know, faster times or breaking those PRs or whatever it might be. And they feel fast and you look a million dollars and all those things definitely matter if you want them to. If you just want to get through the race and you don't really care about that fast, flashy shoe and, you know, you're more out there to enjoy it or you don't feel like it's that important for you to have that extra edge, then, you know, it doesn't have to matter. Yeah, it matters as much as you want it to. All right, so last question. What is your favourite shoe for all types of runs? And we know that they're all going to be Nike shoes, but that's fine. Still very interested to hear what you think. I'm glad that you prefaced that. (laughs) (laughs) At the moment, my current state of play with my running shoes, my favourite long run shoe is the Nike Invincible. It's just so soft and comfortable underfoot. My favourite tempo shoe is the uh, Nike Tempo Next Percent. Actually, really sadly, that one's about to uh, just have a little bit of a rest for a while in the product line, but there are some exciting options that are going to replace it in the coming months, uh, which I think will take Can you tell us? Well, I don't know if I can tell you, uh, but my favourite race shoe is the Alpafly. It's really the king for me. I love it so much. Yeah, and why do you love that one so much? I just love how like springy it feels, but also while feeling springy, it's also really soft as well. Like it has a little bit more softness and comfort underfoot for me. Yeah. Um, awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Every time you speak about shoes, it's so inspiring just to listen to and like how passionate you are about it. So we very much value your time. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with my rambles about shoes. And uh, thank you for having me on to speak to the listeners. Oh, thanks, uh, Molly. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Gosh, that was so good to hear from a real life expert on shoes. I, I feel like I kind of 
takes away from our descriptions earlier on in the podcast. Yeah. She's just so knowledgeable and so passionate about shoes. I love it. Inspirational. We're going to finish with a few listener questions. So, Anna, what are your top running shoe recommendations? Similarly to the phone in sock in bra, I genuinely think this shoe is a bit of a game changer. So it's the Asics Super Blast which is a maximalist shoe. So, big time. Yeah, it's a big... It's a max it's a, maximalist. It's a max max. Yeah, so I like stiff shoes with like a big stack height that are responsive. You could maybe say a lazy gal shoe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I reckon I found the best shoe. I reckon I've clocked it. It has a massive stack height, lightweight and really stable. There's no carbon plate, so it's like quite durable. But yeah, it's still like even with all of that, it's super lightweight and responsive. So I feel like it's a great shoe for going a bit faster. Great for long runs, great for tempos, great to feel good on a slow jog. Super blast, the best. Well, <laughs> let me make my case. All right, all Welcome right. back five. Over to you. Shout out to Ricky Khan, who, despite not being sponsored by Hawkeye, has gotten so many people onto these shoes. <laughs> they are a lower stack height for a hocker. Yeah. I would say they're more like moderate stack height. Yeah. They're not very stiff. Mm-hmm. They're not, I'd say they're neutral, neutral shoe. Something about the design, they I've never run in a shoe where I have felt like I roll you just roll so nut. They just like roll you forward. They don't propel you forward, but I feel like you I can't explain it. It's honestly it's so such a nice experience to run in them. They're not like bouncing you up, they're not pushing you forward, but it feels like really like within my natural stride. I've been loving them. Cool. I've yeah. actually I've never tried I've never tried hockers. Yeah, never tried hockers. No, do you think they're worth the hype? What the heck? We actually got a lot of questions about this. Yeah, so good I know. That's why one. I thought maybe you could answer. Um, I do really I think they're worth the hype? I mean, Mac 5, absolutely worth the hype, but I don't feel like anyone's talking about Mac 5s. Yeah. Um, yeah. Clifton's, I think, are an app. I think they're fine. Yeah. I think they're, gr- sorry, fine. great entry level. <laughs> fine is not a <laughs> nice word. No, the, their problem is when I first put them on, I was like, amazing. These are like, yeah. a, what a great shoe. Just like a good everyday runner. But. I find the foam just dies really quickly. Yeah, and then okay. after after maybe, I don't know, a month or two of running in them, they just felt really flat. Yeah. And now I still wear them all the time. I wear them to work. I like walking them. They're, yeah. they're still very comfortable. Like mm. standing desk, great to wear hockers on. But I don't love I don't love running in the Cliftons. Yeah, okay. To finish off this segment, one of the things we wanted to say is like if you've listened to this and you're like, cool, I feel like I know a little bit more, still have no idea what shoe to get, our best tip would be go to a running store and generally the pe- the staff at running sh- stores are incredibly knowledgeable and very passionate about helping you find a shoe that works for you. So at least now you'll know what they're talking about when they are throwing around different terminology. <laughs> So, weekly weapon this week is my boss. His name's Michael Batko, and he's the weekly weapon because he started this running community called Startup Striders. And so, we work we work in the startup community, and Batko, he's always liked running, but maybe does it a bit inconsistently, and he's big on accountability. And so what he decided to do was create a running group solely for the purpose of holding him accountable to going to park runs. So park runs, shout out to park runs. If you haven't been to one, then have you done a park run before? Now oh, I love this. them. Okay. And I also didn't realize they're international. Like they're, they're everywhere. I've everywhere done international on a Saturday. Park runs. It's so cool. They are so cool. Yeah. So if you haven't been to a park run, they're 5K fun runs on Saturday mornings. 
and they're run by volunteers. They're really well organized, community events. You can go any pace. There's always some people like trying to get a PB at the front. There's always people walking at the back. Yeah. And they're free. They're completely free. You can sign up beforehand and you get a little barcode and then each week you get like your time. Yeah, it's it's an amazing initiative. Anyway, so Backo started Startup Striders, basically organizing a group of people from the startup community to hold each other accountable to coming for runs on Saturday mornings. He just started a WhatsApp group and within about three weeks there were 700 people in that whatsapp oh group my gosh. i think it's in about eight cities now that actually so more cool. it's in it's in two different countries and every saturday in each of these cities there's like a group of people who don't know each other beforehand come and like meet together they do the fun run and then they go get coffee afterwards yeah and i think it's a really great example of how different ways that you can use running communities you know it could be for social connection it could be for networking which this is to an extent but it can also just be for accountability accountability yeah yeah i love how yeah in contrast to tara who we had on last week from croissant run club their whole ethos is connecting with people meeting new people Mm. and then to have a croissant after whereas this is pure like accountability yeah I also love that the one common thing or two common things between the two is a run and a coffee coffee after <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, coffee yeah after. exactly um nice that sounds awesome wait so how can you get involved I'm pretty sure it's an open whatsapp group like okay. anyone can just join so cool yeah it's really I cool. love that okay running recommendations so last week you all had to sit there and listen to Anna give her running rec. The best running rec <laughs> yeah. there ever was. And we decided, you know what, listeners don't want to hear our running recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> some do. Some do. You got some positive feedback. You also got some negative feedback. Shout out to the listeners who liked my running rec. You the, can stay. The few of you. <laughs> <laughs> the one. The one. Mum. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we decided why don't we crowdsource some running recommendations because we kind of want to learn from you guys as well. So yep. we want to hear your tips. Mm. We've each picked our favorite. I don't actually know which one you've picked. Mine again is for the girlies. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the long-haired girlies though. So unfortunately, I can't grow my hair, so this is not for me. But I often see friends really struggle with like humid or wet conditions mm. with their ponytail kind of resembling bird's nest after they go for a oh, run. Oh, yeah. And put your hair in a pony and pop four to five hair ties sort of spaced throughout the pony. And then you never have to spend hours ripping out the matting. And it's sort of a really quick turnaround to get to work. It also mm. looks very cool. It also looks so cool. Yeah. So, yes, that shout out to listener Kylie for that recommendation thank you carly um, we'll, we'll really and we'll get carly to send through a photo of how she does her hair oh yeah like that so we can show because it, yeah. it does look great yeah very so cool. carly if you can send through a photo of um your hair done like this that would be great we can pop it on our feed love it this tip is from dom which is vaseline is cheaper and more effective than body glide Kind regards, the anti-chafing team. <laughs> and I really struggle. To be fair, I've never used Body Glide, so maybe yeah. I need to just get around that first. But I get I get really bad running chafe under my sports bra, like where the oh, band is. Yeah, sort of like where the, the top of your rib cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. get like just random. I can't predict. I don't know. I've tried so many different sports bras. Mm. It's so painful. Oh. I can't explain it. Yeah, it'll be like raw skin under there. And, and that I, would hurt so much in the shower. Oh, showers i can't it's so bad in the showers and so i don't know if this is a situation where i should just try and put some vaseline and maybe that would help it rub more yeah well i guess like less friction 
So yeah. it would just sort of be like but, but that slipping and sliding. Slipping and sliding. <laughs> but do I want like, Do you want that on a sports bra? Uh, I mean, it will probably make your the sports bra material maybe a little bit oily. I used to do quite a lot of swimming races and you'd put Vaseline on your wetsuits to stop the chafe. Oh, really? And it works so, so well. But yeah, you get that like oil mark yeah. I wonder on your wetsuit. But worth it, I say. I wonder if you want your... Um, sports bra to be staying in one place and not slipping and sliding. I shouldn't actually say sleeping and sliding. Really? If you I don't just like it. saying that. No, I don't mean it. You don't feel it move around at all. Yeah. But there's just, it obviously doesn't like stick right to your skin. Yeah. So yeah. there. It's just a layer. Yeah. It's just that like barrier. Yeah. But yeah, I love that from Dom. Yeah. Thank you, Dom. I will be giving that a go and reporting back. <laughs> That is it for episode three. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we would absolutely love it if you could give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. Send a review. We'd be incredibly grateful. Once again, we just want to say thank you so much to everyone like supported the show. Three episodes down now and we are loving every minute of it. Feedback, listen questions you have. Jump on Insta. Let us know. Cheeky Run Club. Cheeky Run Club. The cheekiest run club of them all. That's it. (laughs) All right. See you next week. Woo! I was like, for this reason, no single pair of shoes is going to be the right fit. Yeah. Everyone. Perfect, right? Get it? Got it. <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> Should we do like tinned laughter in the background? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine if we added that in. That'd be so funny.